Hi, Emily. Ooh, hi. <laughs> I did a bit of a swoop there on you that did. one. You did. Mm-hmm. You did. We've switched mics. We have. This um, is weird. It's just for funs, for shits and giggles. Giggles and shits. I kind of felt like feeling like an announcer today. I'm oh. holding the mic. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's like people people know the names for different kinds of mics, and this is not a mic that's for <laughs> podcasting. It's a it's a mic you have to eat, basically. So I'm just doing that, and I hope it sounds okay. And you just have road across your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how my weekend's going to go. <laughs> Are you going to have road or are you going to get road? I don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe neither. That would decided. involve leaving my apartment. That is fucking real. Yeah. I think a lot about just not leaving for days at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I don't even think about it and I do it on accident. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. <laughs> oh, man. What are we drinking? Uh... Death Aritas. Yeah, we um we might have fucked up a little bit on the margs here today. Yeah, if I start singing Feliz Navidad, we know we went wrong. Oh, is that how you know? When I'm drinking margaritas, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> Listeners, just keep keep on listening. Oh. See if you find. Oh God, oh, just God. your face. It's so much. It's so much tequila. But the thing is, it's like maybe a shot and a half. It's just that versus the other liquids in here is just so much tequila. Yeah, it's a lot. I love tequila. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. You want to hear about somebody? <laughs> you want to hear about a survivor? You know that thing we do. I mean, what if we like? changed it up today wait what if we talked about plants i, I don't I didn't, you know em, emily i didn't do any research <laughs> on plants fine do you want to talk about hydrangeas <laughs> do you want to talk about hostas <laughs> fuck hostas yeah fuck a hosta though for real though and mint fuck mint uh is it, it just because it's like invasive? Yeah. yeah but mojitos i don't like mojitos well, fuck me, I guess then. Damn, all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess fuck so some sorry. mint. Emily says fuck mint. Yeah. All right. I get it. I get it. So, all right, fine. If you don't want to talk about plants, I guess we can talk about survivors. Okay. Okay. Maybe next time. Maybe next time we'll talk about plants. I say this like I'm a plant expert. A plant spurt. Yeah, and I'm super not. Yeah, well... Plants are cool. Actually, maybe we should be talking about plants. Okay. All right. All right. Now that you're on board, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) Oh, I hate this. This bitch is all yes and until I'm yes and and then she's no but. Uh (laughs) All right. So I'm going to tell you about a lovely lady Mm. named uh, Pamela Escalante. Okay. Does the name ring a bell? Somewhere in the recesses of my mind. Yeah, that's fair. I never know names for shit. So it was really like pieces of information as I was researching reminded me that I had heard of this story before. I did sort of panic to go to our friend Steve and be like, Steve, why do I know this story? I'm pretty sure we didn't do it on the podcast. Did you talk to Emily about it? He was like, no, I'm pretty sure I told you once. (laughs) (laughs) And you might have been drunk. So (laughs) I was like, that's fair. Okay. So I'm hoping that this isn't just like the oldest news to you. 
um, or to you listeners, because we are going to talk about a big boy today. I have avoided mentioning cases surrounding this horrible monster who did a horrible thing to Pamela because they've been super popular recently. But I think enough time has passed. And I also listened to a super awesome episode of the Murder Squad podcast, which uh, is on the Exactly Right Network with uh, my favorite murder. And uh, they have the actual survivor on to tell her story of what happened. And it was really fucking cool. So we're doing this. There are a lot of survivors of this person, of this serial killer. And um, there are some recognizable names, Jane Carson Sandler being like the biggest one that I could find, but there's several. Um, this one is interesting because it's not 100% confirmed. We don't know for sure if Pamela Escalante was a victim of blank serial killer that I'm not naming on purpose for Fun, suspense. we have a theme. Yay! Oh, good. Oh, that's Mine so fun. Mine aren't confirmed yet, but for a completely <gasps> different reason. Oh, my God. Fab, I love this. You, I just have to say, Emily's been staring at me, squinty-eyed, like, trying to figure out. If yeah, and, knows. like, the little pop filter is, like, making me look like a next-door neighbor. That's exactly it. You look like the guy in uh, the fucking home, home improvement show. Yeah. Across... <laughs> across the lawn from me trying to give me life advice over a fence but mostly you just look kind of pissed i just want to know <laughs> so let's get into it let's please get into it. i just want to say the evidence is very compelling for this being our guy but we're not sure and we'll go over that either you give me a name or i start talking about calla lilies oh no <laughs> oh, oh no you're oh, gonna have to wait damn it you probably only know so many facts about Callilies anyway. So I know zero facts about Callilies. <laughs> well, and I will just continue. <laughs> so, the date is February 5th, 1974. Ventura. The 70s. Yep. Ventura, California. And Fucking I, California. I literally wrote, ah, our favorite decade and our favorite state. <laughs> I like knew it was going to get two separate reactions. Yep. It's where all the good crimes happened. At the time, Pamela was a 24-year-old university student. She went to uh, Ventura College. Sure. And she was headed to a night class. So it was evening. Sun's going down. According to the articles I've read and what she said on the podcast, she would normally take the bus and then walk the mile and a half from the bus stop to campus. But, like I said, it was getting dark. She didn't really feel like walking. So what do you think she decided to do? Hitchhike! Yeah, she hitched a ride, because it's the 70s and it's California, and yeah. we already know this. Peace <laughs> and love. Yeah. We get the fucking drill. This happens all the time. So a man pulls over in what she thinks, thinking back, is a blue or a green car. Okay. Not 100% sure. Cool tones. Yes. Definitely cool tones. Lighter, though. Mm-hmm. You know, way, the way a 70s car is. Yeah. <laughs> um... She believes he looks like another college student. She, like, thought she saw, like, a sticker in the window. So she's mm -hmm. like, okay, mm -hmm. fellow student. So she gets in. And at first, everything's totally normal, as they always are. I, I think I've typed that a million times. Probably. At first, everything is normal. Yeah. <laughs> he spoke normally. He drove the way he was supposed to. You know, he didn't, normally. like, turn off onto some streets immediately. Regular shit. And then, 
She tells him that she needs him to pull into a particular parking lot. And instead, he just starts driving around the area. He pulls into every other parking lot available to him and is just kind of doing some loops around. Not really saying much, but this is a quote from Pamela. All of a sudden, I realized I was in serious trouble and I literally felt a cold wind blow through the car and he grabbed my arm and held onto it and never let go of it until he crashed into the lemon orchard on Day Road. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> these, are, these are all quotes from the podcast that I had to like type out as I was listening. <laughs> so I hope that was all correct. According to her, she wasn't struggling much because he's behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. But he's got her, you know, like by the arm. And uh, he's driving pretty erratically as he peels off onto Day Road. He barrels down that road for a while, and then he just turns off into this muddy orchard going 55 miles an hour. And according to her, they didn't really crash. She, the, He didn't hit a tree or anything, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Not really sure how he avoided all those trees. Must have been a spa- well-spaced out orchard. He's just a crash bandicoot. <laughs> he is. He's the opposite of crash bandicoot. <laughs> He hit like 80 banana peels on the way, but no trees. But no trees. (laughs) So he just pulls the car to an abrupt stop right next to a lemon tree, which I'm pretty sure was easy to do. Pretty sure you're always next to a lemon tree. It's an orchard. (laughs) Whoa. And after that, there was complete silence for a few moments. And she's just sitting there, just kind of waiting. He still got her by the arm. Yeah. And then the man starts talking. He talks about being in Vietnam, Uh about raping and killing women there, Uh about raping and killing women in general, Uh about hating women. Uh She doesn't have a lot of detail on that point because she's a little distracted. According to her, she was like, I was thinking about trying to get out. Yep. (laughs) I wasn't really listening to him yammer. (laughs) So eventually she believes that he stopped talking to her altogether and started talking to himself. Like he's speaking angrily, angrily inward, and she's just trying to find her moment. And she finds it. Quote, I opened the car door and I got out and I stood there. And that was the end. The last thing she remembers is getting out of the car and then him getting out of the car immediately after, screaming. And he comes around after her, he pushes her back into the car. Her seat goes back automatically, and he begins to strangle her. Oh. And then she blacks out. Okay. Another quote. Luckily, I didn't experience all the pain he had put on me, because I just wasn't there. It's probably for the best. Mm Mm-hmm. So what we know of what happened next is that this man raped Pamela. He beat her. He eventually threw her out of the car. And he ran over her head and torso. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And then he drove away and he left her for dead. But Pamela did not die. This is the thing that made me remember this story. She mentions that it's muddy in her interview. And in some of the articles that talk about this, this thing that happened, they believe that the only reason she lived is because she sunk into the ground as opposed to... That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Taking the full brunt of Mm -hmm. the car. So, a 
according to Pamela, about a month before this happened, she had a dream. I, I mean, look, whatever she needs to, it's fine. She was alone in an orchard in a dream, in this dream, and with blood pouring out of her head, and three angels came to save her, like picked her up and took her to safety in a dream. Apparently, that happened a month before this. Mm-hmm. It's fine. When this attack actually happened, Pamela has no real memory of how she got out of the orchard. Her head was smashed in. According to what she said, I'm so sorry. Both of her eyeballs had been displaced out of her head. One of them was outside her face. Probably hanging on by the optic nerve. Uh Uh-huh. And then one of them was hanging on inside her face. Her whole Sinus cavity is weird. Yeah. I can just imagine, it's like the pressure yeah. of the car over your head mm-hmm. versus your eyeballs one way or the other. <laughs> Fucking yeah. horrible. Yeah, awful. Ridiculous. So, I don't know how she did this, but it's not like she waited there for someone to come find her. She got up and she picked herself up and she went to a nearby house and she started scratching at the door. She doesn't remember doing this. It was the angels. It was the fucking angels, maybe, dude. I don't know, because how would you be able to do that? I have no idea. She's covered the in body blood. body is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Your survival needs. Yeah. If you are able to do it, you will do it kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's crazy. It's crazy that her brain was intact enough, you know? Mm-hmm. So, either way, she makes it to the doorstep of a lawyer couple um, where she scratched the door and t- until the wife hears and is like, what the hell is that? So the husband comes to the to the door and he sees her and fortunately he was a veteran in Vietnam himself. That's good. Yeah. He was very familiar with hugely traumatic wounds. Yeah. And so he just starts wrapping her head in shirts, towels, blankets, whatever he can find while his wife calls 911. And then Pamela is taken to the hospital where her condition was reported to be very poor for a very long time. There were, sure. Oh Yeah. There were a lot of newspaper articles about her at the time because, you know, people knew she was raped, that a murder was attempted, and Mm -hmm. that she was in really critical condition. She said that the doctors went themselves to the orchard because they were like, there's no way you got out of here. Like, how the fuck did this happen? Yes. They had to go and see where it happened and, like, see how she could have walked because they just just couldn't wrap their heads around it. Angels. (laughs) Fucking angels. Dude, who knows? Mabes. Three whole the ghosts angles. of the orchard. <laughs> Three entire angles. Pamela believes again that she was not alone. Some sort of supernatural force was mm-hmm. helping her. So like, yeah, who knows? Sure. Maybe she right. Fuck. I don't uh-huh. know. I can't explain that. <laughs> Best explanation I can find. Right? She recovers some. She undergoes facial reconstructive surgery, of course. Yep. yep. They included putting a plastic plate in her face to keep it from collapsing. So, like, you know where your bones would normally hold yeah. up your face? She didn't have I mean, really they were probably that. shattered. Yeah. So they just replaced a good chunk of that with some... She was saying it's all, it's all... It was all, like, fabricated stuff. It was plastic and silicone and things like that. They didn't have the technology back then to regrow your bone. Yeah. You know? So she, uh, she has that now. And all told, Pamela has had 47 surgeries due to this attack. She said even like even re- as recently as a, a few years ago, she had two massive infections two years in a row because of the plastic in her face. Yeah. That nearly killed her because it spread to her brain. Yeah. 
I mean, it's very close to her brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that can't spread at all before yeah. being like, it's hey, in there. Hey, what's up? Yeah, you're fucked. But I mean, she survived both of those. It's been a really, 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 really long road was, yeah. you know, what she said. And they were talking about on the podcast that like this encounter lasted maybe 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's affected her for the rest of her life. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. But she's still doing great. She was there with her son, by the way, Travis. He's kind of the reason she got on the podcast. I'll talk about him in a minute. So, aftermath. Pamela was given a rape kit at the hospital. Because, and you know, they always do that when you're attacked. Even so, though she doesn't necessarily remember being yeah, raped. Yeah, they'll still do it just yeah. in case because she trauma yep, exactly. can also make gaps in memory. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even and if they, you didn't lose consciousness. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they did find, like, the physical signs of somebody having been raped. Um, police at the time interviewed her as soon as she was medically able to talk to them. Yeah. Um, and she gave them the description of a man between five foot nine and six feet tall, medium build, collar length, blonde hair, clean shaven. Mm. He told her, (laughs) he had told her (laughs) that he was 24 years old. They put out a reward for any information on the man or the attack in general. And this is where it gets a little wonky for a sec. Bear with me. Soon after the attack, a man who had previously raped a 13-year-old girl was brought into a lineup for Pamela. And according to Pamela and her son, Travis, she was led to ID this man. Sure. Yeah, they want to close this case. They just wanted something on this guy. They don't want it to be like a serial... Right. Anything. I'm sure it benefits them because they close that case and they get a guy who already raped a 13-year-old girl yep. off the streets. So they were, like, leading her. hmm And it got all the way to trial. And they were 12 days into trial when Pamela said, I'm sorry, it's not him. So they threw it out. It was dismissed on lack of positive ID. And the case went cold from there. That was until 2018. <laughs> when Travis, her son, was watching a documentary that came out in 2018, titled, Are You Ready? I already know. <laughs> yeah. I already fucking know. It's titled, The Golden State Killer, It's Not Over. <laughs> and uh, so Pamela and her family started to wonder if her attacker could be none other than the Golden State Killer, a.k.a. the East Area Rapist, a.k.a. the Visalia Ransacker, a.k.a. the original Night Stalker. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about him like i said at the beginning specifically yeah. because we talked about talking about yes. him we, we like went we were like should we do this can we do this mm-hmm. and we're like no nah, we gotta wait we gotta wait now here's my only thing we could do a whole series on him oh fuck yeah because he's got a lot of survivors that's the thing with rapists mm-hmm. unfortunately yes he's got a ton and like we still don't know if pamela is actually one of his victims so we could pick up golden state killer anytime we want yeah I and i mean this. that's that's the thing with like so many serial killers Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, if you have a survivor and they weren't able to do a positive ID. Yeah. Yeah, don't exactly. Know. Really fucking hard. Really hard. There's a lot of reasons why this one is tough. Um, so, yeah. Uh, his, I guess Travis was watching this documentary and he was just seeing, like, women who reminded him of his mom mm-hmm. as the victims and then seeing the area where it happened and being like, my mom used to live there. And he knew, of course, what had happened to his sure. mom. He was five and a half years old when it happened. 
Um, according to him, he said five and a half. I was like, okay. <laughs> Are you still five and a half? Why do you care if it was a half? <laughs> it's important. It's fine. But so he, he knew, and mostly in his family, he said they always talked about the miracle that it was that she didn't die. But after seeing this, he called her up and was like, I need you to tell me more about what happened to you and like what you remember. And um, she she got shown the picture by him of the guy who they brought into custody as the Golden State Killer. And she and she was like, that I know that guy. <laughs> oh yeah. So for anyone who is unaware, because you just made like some sort of deal with a sea witch and now you have your legs and you're on land for the first time. I don't know. And you don't have Netflix yet. Yeah. Right. And you still don't have Netflix or, How Hulu long have you been or Amazon, any of it. Right. What four hours you've been on land get with the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, in case you don't know, the golden state killer was a man who spent over 10 years terrorizing the state of California first as a burglar, then as a rapist, then as a murderer. And look at that escalation. Yeah, look at it. It's perfect. It's textbook. Who's incredibly hard to catch because of all that escalation and all the, you know, time between sprees and all the different MOs. Every time he'd had a spree, the MO would change. Because he was a f- actually pretty good at what he did. <laughs> look, I hate him. Yeah. He was pretty good at what he did. Yeah. Um, and nobody knew who he was until last year when one of his family members, distant family members sent their DNA into one of those 23andMe services. The police use that shit to catch killers, just an FYI. If you've killed anyone, don't try and find your ancestors. Yeah, Yeah. and if you think you know somebody in your family who killed someone, maybe do use that service. (laughs) Help the police out. Yeah, go find out about your heritage. Yes. And and help solve some crimes i mean yeah i mean part of me wants to do that yeah i know what a good way to fight crime yeah it's a little creepy that it's like the state has your shit now but also like i don't think yeah i mean if i I have a murdery family member i think i want to know yeah (laughs) so voila through this they find 72 year old joseph james d'angelo colon a motherfucker (laughs) so you probably heard about it Emily in this room has definitely heard about it. I've definitely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. We've never spoken about it. I just got my legs four hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, and you don't have Netflix? I don't have Netflix. Fuck, we're going to have to get you some Netflix. Okay. (laughs) If you don't, though, I... We are always going to recommend looking at into Michelle McNamara's book, I Will Be Gone in the Dark. One Woman's Obsessive search i didn't put the word search in there one woman's obsessive search for the golden state killer <laughs> one woman's obsessive for the golden state <laughs> yes exactly it's what the fuck i wrote because i'm an idiot <laughs> um and then the amazon documentary that uh, pamela sun watched that i mentioned before the golden state killer it's not over and then HBO is currently developing their own documentary based on michelle mcnamara's book and make sure if you want to protest that amazon documentary you protest Netflix. Yep. Definitely that's do definitely that. going to get it removed. Definitely. <laughs> definitely fucking do that. Just you do fucking... it. It's fine. <laughs> Y'all, if you don't know what Emily's referring to, go, go get go on. Go look up good like, omens. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Idiots are, are against good omens because it's very blasphemous because, oh no, Adam and Eve were black. Oh no. Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> oh, you mean it's probably the most accurate yeah, thing. the most accurate way you could ever portray it. But Adam okay. <laughs> 
No, it's go fine. off. It's fine. Go off, I guess. And they're saying get it on the Netflix and it's on Amazon. And it's the funniest shit it's ever. My favorite. So funny. Uh, just yell at Netflix for everything. Yeah. They can take it. So, according to what we know about Joseph D'Angelo's crimes, they began in 1975. That's the earliest one we know, which puts Pamela's story one year before the stuff we know he did for sure. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he didn't do plenty of shit that we are still unaware of as we investigate all the shit he's done mm-hmm. over time. They're still piecing together the timeline of where he lived at different times and what the fuck he was up to. He's the kind of guy who's probably doing this his whole life. Yeah. Killing animals as a kid and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't necessarily rule anything out. We know that Pamela's attacker told her he was 24 years old and that D'Angelo was actually 28 at the time. But one major thing that everybody agrees about D'Angelo on is that he is a liar. Shocked. <laughs> like a big, big, huge fucking liar. He wasn't liar. honest about his age. Yeah. Well, he lied. I mean, he lied to his victims. He lied to the police on several occasions. He I'm... would mix up events. He would invent backstories. He would change facts. Just because. I'm so shocked. Yeah. Because he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. So, <laughs> it's not funny that he's a psychopath. He thinks it's fun. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying that also doesn't rule out the fact that it could be him. Because uh-huh. he could have just lied about his age. Sure. Because the funny thing is, she was 24 at the time. So, he might have just been trying to get closer to her age. Something close to a college age. Right. Yeah. Something that would make sense. We also know that Pamela's description of her attacker down to the work boots he was wearing is eerily similar to descriptions of D'Angelo by other survivors. It's the other reason Travis was like watching it and was like, everything they're saying about his description is the way my mom would describe this guy. According to Pamela, police came to her home several times during her recovery from the attack to do sketches of her attacker. And her son says those sketches are a dead ringer for one of the composite sketches done of D'Angelo in later years. There were several done of him, but one of them is like very accurate and they're like, it's that one. (laughs) I was like, okay, guys. Uh, uh, Get the other ones out of here. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, (laughs) So look, again, you know, decent, decent circumstantial evidence. Yeah. (laughs) We know that D'Angelo did fight in the Vietnam War, but he was a sailor and he may never have stepped foot on Vietnamese soil. Um, I even was reading Reddit of people talking about this, and they're like, well, they could have shore leave, and they're like, the people in the Navy usually didn't do shore mm-hmm. leave in Vietnam. They no. went to Japan. It was Korea. always active. Mm-hmm. And if he was leaving a trail outside yeah. of the war zone, right. they would have picked up on it pretty fucking sure. quick. And they also said, like, you know, either either he's in a, uh, yeah, a place where like he'd get caught really quick, or he's in a place where you don't get caught because violence is happening all the time, and who cares? And if you're hurting Vietnamese women during a war with that country, yeah. we don't care. I mean, we talked about the My Massacre. Exactly. The only reason that really came out is because the fucking journalists were there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Reporting yeah. on it for the army. Right. Yeah, thank God for journalists, dude. Yeah. Always. But, so, yeah, I mean, there's a number of reasons why maybe he didn't mm-hmm. kill women in Vietnam. Uh, but, again, he's a big old liar. Um, he technically fought in the Vietnamese War. And I do want to say, like, the podcast interview has her saying that he talked about killing women in Vietnam. Her original interview that, like, 
is referenced in different articles much closer to the time when it happened in the news um, mentioned that he talked about one, Vietnam, two, being married, and three, having already killed 14 women. So in her original statement, she did not link the killing in Vietnam. So really hard to know (laughs) what exactly is true. Again, she herself says she was only kind of listening to what he was saying. Yeah. And it's been forever and she like had a face smashed in. Yeah. So, you know, that's all very, very circumstantial as well. Whatevs. Right? Time and distance from the attack make these things very difficult to verify. What we do, like, pretty much what we have is old newspaper articles that came out at the time of Pamela's recovery um, and the trial that was originally held for her suspect that that they let go and Pamela's memory. That's what we have. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is literally all we have. It's hard with cold cases. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, but remember I mentioned that Pamela had a rape kit? Mm-hmm. You're going to be mad in a sec. Okay. So that was rightfully Speak. turned over. Which way is this going? Well, it's not great. Never is. It was rightfully turned over to the police as evidence, as normal. The fuck given did they that do? The crimes, <laughs> given that the crimes that nobody was, I mean, everyone was like, yep, this is what happened to you. They included rape and kidnapping and attempted murder there was no up or down he tried to kill her that meant that the statute of limitations should have never applied to that rape kid you should keep that stuff forever now paul holes was the first to say they never keep stuff forever however you have to get a judge's like signature to get rid of evidence yep and no judge would have signed off on that Right. Literally how violent her right. attempted murder was. Yeah. yeah. But the, her rape kit has been destroyed. And they can't actually say why. They don't know what happened. If it was human error, some kind of database keeping error, and they thought it was her, it's time to go. Yeah. Or it got damaged somehow. Uh-huh. Sometimes places where they keep evidence flood or start on fire. And yeah, then, and like, then it shits. just all gets lost. Yep. So, Which is why... We're so grateful for technology absolutely, and the processing of these rape kits mm-hmm. that is definitely happening and mm. not stagnating anywhere. Yeah. Backlogged. Uh-huh. But, uh, 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 <laughs> hey, and the backlog, you guys, maybe look it up, maybe donate some money. Uh, we, yeah. Samantha B does a very good yeah. little, little blip on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving an overview of the massive issue mm-hmm. that it is, is the backlog. Huge. It's, it's fucking It's huge. in every fucking major city in every part of this country. Yeah. There's a backlog. Some thousands deep. Mm-hmm. It's really horrible. It's decades worth of rape kits yep. that have never been tested. Assuming they haven't been destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. If they even still exist. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of those that just fell to the wayside, got destroyed. Sometimes these things happen. It sucks, but like human Fuck error fuckers. is a big thing. Yeah. So we will never have physical evidence of exactly who attacked Pamela. And that's really, really upsetting. Yes. Um, it's possible that we'll never know if her attacker was D'Angelo for sure. But I Paul doubt Holt, he'll confess to it. Unless he confesses. Yeah. Which also what a fucking liar. So like, yeah, might who's going to believe him. Right. He might say he didn't when he did. Mm-hmm. He might say he did when he didn't because yeah. he's a fucking and then he'll change the story two years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Write more articles about me. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. So, talk about three more victims. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're fucking sending him to his death and he's yeah, still he's talking. Like, no, I've still got more victims. You don't have to kill me yet. Right. Just like Bundy. Uh-huh. 
This guy feels like he would have been Bundy's bestie. Either the bestie or literally the worst enemy. Worst enemy, yeah, 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 yeah. They either would have really gotten along or they would have been like frenemies. Mm -hmm. If they had seen each other, they would have attempted to kill each other. Yeah. (laughs) Or been like really like grossly nice and charismatic to each other's faces. You know, it's like when Tobias and Hannibal look at each other in the eye and they can just both be like, you're a killer. Uh I see it in your face. That's exactly what this would have been like. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I hate it. What if they met? Anyway. All right. So at least this is one nice thing. Paul Holes and uh, the other guy whose name I can't remember because I fucking suck um, (laughs) on the Murder Squad podcast said that there was still the option of a circumstantial case being brought against D'Angelo for this crime in particular. (coughs) They are still investigating. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not over. But I mean, until they get something... Probably a little more concrete. Right. It's hard. It's It would really be hard. a very, very hard case to try. Mm-hmm. But they were not not optimistic. I mean, they were optimistic about him getting caught in the first place. And everyone thought that was crazy until he was caught. So, like, who knows? Yeah. And I mean, with the Supreme Court's recent ruling about double jeopardy, who knows? Like, yeah. they could fail and then... Th- federals could come in and be like we're gonna try again right oh yeah so, i don't think this guy is let, getting yeah, let go no, no matter what oh God, no. we've got him on a few things for sure yeah. at least he's accused right now of 13 murders yeah he's good it's just it would be nice for pamela to get some closure yeah and a lot of other people who sure. aren't maybe sure yeah um so not for nothing i just i just i brought this up before but not for nothing. I do. I do believe her. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think there's a lot there. I know that it's, it, it's like all very circumstantial, and it's all yeah, up to her memory. But there's mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot of it, and um, just the fact like she was there in the room with them doing the podcast, and they showed a picture of him from then and then now, and they mentioned like right after it happened, they're like, "You just visibly flinched," like, Aww. and she was like, "Yeah, I." I know his face. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like that means something. Yeah. It's really, it's really upsetting. Poor Pam. She killed it though. She fucking straight up didn't die from a thing that you should absolutely die from. from. Hundo. All right. I'm going to drink the rest of this margarita. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is this a harp noise? Are we just doing it? It's just fuck harp noise. It's a fucking harp noise. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, that was good. That was kind of like, you know, when, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? It's like, uh, you know, that. When they come back from commercial. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I used to do that as a kid. <laughs> I was never good at it, but yeah, same. Oh, yeah. I never said I was good at it. <laughs> so. So. It's funny that you mention the name D'Angelo. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my God. What's happening? All right. So, as everyone knows, Uh I find my way into some really weird parts of Reddit. Always. 100% of the time. Probably every day of your life. Yeah. (laughs) Now, there are a few boards that I follow. One specifically where people are posting... Articles and tracking murders in cities and possible ties to active serial killers. Yes. Which is where I found this one. 
before mm. it was actually confirmed by the police. Mm. And also, right now they're talking about... I think I showed you they think there's an active serial killer in South Africa as well right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. There have been five bodies. Fuck. Similar Very MOs quickly. Type of thing? Yeah. Wow. But I'm not here to talk about that one. Maybe later. Yeah, there's no there's no survivors of that right now. Uh, yeah, fair. I'm going to start with a quote. Oh, shit. We take violent crimes very seriously. We understand that in many cities, a sex worker community is marginalized. We want everyone to know, regardless, that we take these crimes seriously. We want to keep members of that community safe. I... That's nice. That's a nice sentiment. I hope it's true. That was Detroit Police Chief James Craig. Detroit. That's fun. Yeah. So, recently, like, within this month, Uh a suspect was brought to court and arraigned a few days ago for being charged with stabbing and raping two women. Uh Uh-huh. And they found he may be the same man responsible for three murders in Detroit. Oh, shit. So they think they have a serial killer in custody. They think they have a serial killer in custody. Oh, my God. And they don't know how many other victims. Holy shit. The, su- the suspect was initially detained as a person of interest in the possible serial killings. Um, the investigation unfolded over the last about month and a half. Sure. And they, they did charge him with the May 7th rape and stabbing of a 26-year-old woman. And then also with a second victim that also survived. Wow. Now, as far as I could find... Because, like, he was literally, his first hearing was just a few days ago. They just announced the charges. Yeah. This is all a little unorthodox for what we do. Yeah, that's, it's so new. Um, but he hasn't been formally charged with the deaths of the three women yet. Okay. Okay. But they were found in abandoned homes on the east side of Detroit starting in March. Oh. All right. D'Angelo so, Kenneth Martin. No, his name is D'Angelo. His name is D'Angelo. Kenneth Martin. Mm-hmm. Okay. They three got names. Three names up in there. Means was, they think he's worth it. Yeah. He was arrested a few Fridays ago. Uh-huh. At a bus stop on the city's east side near where the crimes he's being charged with occurred. Oh, shit. Okay. And is currently facing charges of criminal sexual conduct and assault with intent to murder. Yo. All right. The police in Detroit do believe they can link the, the deaths of the three women who were found in abandoned houses in Detroit. With the attacks on the other two women. Shit. Now, again, this is an ongoing investigation. They have a suspect. They are filing charges against him for the rapes and attempted murders, but not for the bodies they found. Right, right. So and this is all very circumstantial. 
alleged suspect. Right. Nothing formally. Yeah, he has not been charged. Well, he's been charged. He has not been convicted of a crime. And they don't have him on the other three, but they are trying to get him. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the bodies that they found just because it does come into play. Sure. Later. Yeah. Now, the three bodies that they found, again, were in abandoned homes in various stages of decomposition, Mm. which made it, quote, a very challenging case to figure out the cause of death. Okay. Yeah. I agree and disagree. Okay. I'll get to that. Sure. All right. Because I'm going to get a little mad. (laughs) So far, only one of the deaths has been officially ruled a homicide. Oh, okay. Even though the three were found in very similar circumstances, stages of undress, there was a signature tying them all together. Like, yes. Interesting. The police chief does say he expects the other two will be ruled homicides. Okay, they're just upon reevaluation, taking their sweet time. Yes. Did okay. I'm gonna let you do. Uh-huh. I'm just wondering if maybe the third one is the reason why they're looking at the other two. Is that no? Oh, interesting. So most of the victims, per the police, were sex workers. I'm not surprised, but I am saddened. Yeah, and Chief Craig said the police department's outreach with sex workers helped lead them to the man's arrest. Quote, we focused on the right community, the potential victims from that community, and that was a reason why I believe we were able to get the information so quickly. Okay. Which I will I will give them props for, because at first, there was no trust. They're like, no, you're just going to fucking bust me. Mm-hmm. But they did build the trust and they're like hey we really want to help you we want to keep you safe we're not here to bust you for what you're doing we just want to make sure you don't get killed okay that's sure that's legit now a side note on the the mostly sex workers comment Mm -hmm. two of the three families of the identified victims one of which was recently identified like within this month okay they are disputing the claims that the victims were sex workers Okay. Now, the family of Nancy Harrison, who was the first confirmed, the like the first and only confirmed homicide victim. Okay. Was originally flagged as death via overdose by the medical examiner. Mm, okay. They already re-examined well, her. Well, they re-examined and found she died of blunt force trauma. Wow. Glad they re-examined. Those two things are super different you find what you believe is a sex worker in an abandoned house. You don't do much. Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody was looking that close. I bet. And no matter the stage of decomposition, blunt force trauma, you see it in the skull fragments. You see it wherever they were hit. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with flesh or matter or anything. It's literally in the bones. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck this medical examiner is doing, but he needs to step or he or she needs to step the fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. The family of Tamara Jones, who was the most recently identified victim Mm -hmm. and was found the weekend, the week after Memorial Day. Shit. So recent. Recent. And I'm going to, I'll get into how she was found. So, um, the victim Tamara Jones was also labeled as a sex worker and her family was like, 
No. Really? Uh, they said she used to panhandle from time to time, and she suffered a lot with mental illness, okay. but she never did sex work. What What are they saying she did? She panhandled. That's it? Yeah. Otherwise, and kind of roamed the streets, but she, she never... supported in some way? She had a lot of family. Okay, okay. So, they're like, no, they're not sex workers. That's all going to come up at the trial. Things sure. will be found out. Oh. A lot of families will say, no, there's no way. My mother wasn't a sex worker. My aunt wasn't a sex worker. Mm-hmm. These women were also both in their 50s. Okay, okay. The three bodies they found, all women, in their 50s. God, that's so specific. One of my survivors is a woman in her 50s. The outlier is the 26-year-old. Huh, okay. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. Usually it's young women. Just like, you know, that's the way it is. So the police have been working actively on clearing the abandoned houses in Detroit. There are a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So they are clearing them, and then once it's done, they're boarding them up. And they said by the end of July, there should be a 1,000 houses on the east side that'll be boarded up. Wow. And then by September, citizens will be able to download an app that will allow them to report anyone trying to remove the boards or enter the houses. (sighs) What are they going to do with those houses? Well... I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I'm probably going to hate the answer. Some 19,000 houses have already been demolished citywide since 2014. It's a lot of houses. It's a lot of fucking houses. And we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Because Detroit is a really fascinating city in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The mayor is quoted as saying, we have to remove the blight from this community. It has been a plague on this city for far too long. Are you, are you going to build houses for free to put homeless people in? No. They're super not. No fucking shit. Yeah. The police chief then said, the quicker we can secure these vacant homes, the better off we all will be as a city. Except for all the homeless people. Yeah. And all of the gangs that use these houses as drug houses that are going to get past the board it up. But that's fine. That's fine. That's not what we're here to talk about. Yep. Nope. That's not the problem. I'm going to come into that later. It's a problem, but it's not the problem. All right. So he's been charged. Mm -hmm. We have our survivors. The police chief is quoted in a press conference as saying, in both cases, these women fought. And for that, they live today. Wow. Now, one of the surviving victims was attacked in the same abandoned house where another victim was found dead. Are you... Whoa. That body was discovered two days after she was attacked in that house. Holy shit. Yes. So maybe if she was attacked, they wouldn't have even found that body necessarily. Yes. Also, you just established how many fucking houses there are that are abandoned in that city. Yeah. There's a lot. They've only torn down 19,000. And they have a lot more to go. Just so happens that the same house is used twice, but they're not... On the east side. All on the east side. They better be linked. I swear to God. If they're not, it's going to be so Like I said, they have a signature pattern. Right. Linking, they say linking the crime scene specifically. Wow, okay. Um, But obviously they didn't talk about what that pattern was. Right. Because this is an ongoing investigation. Yeah, we can't know all the shit. I'm sure it'll be crazy. 
if this gets closed in the next couple years or whatever, we need to revisit. I just want to hear all the factoids. Yeah, since we're getting to episode 420, so. Yes. All yeah, right. You can come back on episode 420 and talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so the chief did say one of the surviving victims was initially, like, really reluctant to even give out any information to police, but they are both cooperating with the investigation. Okay. So let's talk about our our one survivor who's been really open about what happened. Yeah. To a point. I mean, um, this just fucking happened. This just happened. This just happened. It's really brave to be talking about yeah. it already. She is not identifying herself. Mm-hmm. She's going by the name Faye. Hi, Faye. She was attacked on June 3rd. That's this month. This month. This a horrible thing you're about to describe happened to he a He was lady. arrested, I believe, on June 10th. Oh, my God. As she walked along Mack Avenue near Mount Elliott, she was then dragged by her attacker into the same house where the body of 55-year-old Tamara Jones was found wow. again two days, two days later. later. Jesus. So that would mean June 5th, mm-hmm. this month. Faye told a local news station in an interview that she heard fast footsteps and then, quote from her, it was too late. He had already grabbed me. Oh, shit. He choked me. He choked me. He choked me. And then I passed out. And when I came back to myself, I said, oh, no, you're not about to die now. No, I'm not about to die. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Faye. Oh, uh-huh. my God. I love that being your first thought, not what's happening, not it's holy like, shit. It's like, uh-uh. Not uh-uh. today. Not today. What do we say to the God of death? <laughs> not today. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, Faye. So as Faye was fighting back, she remembered she had a blade in her pocket. Okay, good. And she's like, this is my only fucking chance for surviving. Quote, I grabbed that blade and I popped him with it. Uh, what does so that mean exactly? I wonder. She stabbed him. Yeah, but like, wh- I want to know where. Well, in the in the photo mm-hmm. of the suspect in his little photo, mm-hmm. he has a bandage over his eye. What? So I don't know if they're related. They don't say where she stabbed him. I'm sure, sure that is restricted, confidential, court-related information. Absolutely. But he did have a bandage over his eye. God, I hope she stabbed him right in his eye. I eyeball. really hope she did. That's a really good place or at to least stab somebody. Sliced him across the yeah, eye. Yeah, it's a really good place to stab somebody. Absolutely. You want to hurt someone? Don't go for the junk. Go for the eyes. Hell yeah. So after injuring her attacker, she was able to get out of the house and she ran to a nearby gas station. <laughs> Fuck! I just like what a badass. That's awesome. Yeah. And it kind of blows my mind. The thing with Detroit, that's like it's astounding. Is even in all of these like abandoned neighborhoods, there are still people living in houses and there are still open businesses around like gas stations and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just like a complete and total. Right. Well, that's why they far cry like these houses as a blight because like it's these neighborhoods could be so nice. Yeah. It's already there, but it's all these abandoned houses are so gross next door. Yeah. But like. I mean, y'all let it happen. Don't worry about it. Anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a weird, like, far cry post-apocalyptic or, like, Silent Hill-esque. Yes. It's very, like... you just, like, take up residence in one of these houses. Yes. 
uh, we created a problem and now now it's your fault yeah <laughs> so Faye now actively is warning other women mm-hmm. about walking alone at night good job Faye absolutely she says please stop it ain't worth it you can't pay me to walk by myself now fuck yeah yeah and props to her for carrying a knife yes yeah you know I uh I found a knife in my mom's purse once and I was like a kid and I like joked I was like what like what are you gonna do with this like what why would you have this like is this in case somebody attacks you and she goes yeah yeah and I was like oh yeah I have a box cutter in my car I mean yeah fair my mom kept a hunting knife in her nightstand fuck yeah before we got the gun right but she had a wicked ass like about this long hunting knife in her nightstand in the sheath like a foot long yeah just like (laughs) ready to fucking go that's amazing yeah i mean it's totally fair it was like just this little thing she had and i at the time was sort of like who's gonna and then i was like Mm. no it might happen Mm -hmm. that's fair that's legit shit yeah upsetting yeah i have another box cutter in my bedroom you never know you never know you never know they can't arrest me for holding a box cutter yep and they're sharp as shit yeah try me (laughs) now the 26 year old victim like i said i couldn't find a lot of information on her because again this is like so fucking new yeah absolutely all i know is she was attacked on may 7th jesus what was i doing on may she Um, was attacked on may 7th you're gonna get madder oh no the record states, as far as I could find, she was raped and stabbed in the now arrested suspect's grandparents' home. Whoa. Holy shit. I'm sorry. She's the 26-year-old? Yeah. Like, she fought for her life. Uh-huh. She was, according to the police, able to escape. Yeah. They're not really sure how but she was which is like i really want to revisit this when Uh we have all the information if she ever decides to speak yeah publicly anyway so like i will come back to that if she opens up about what happened because like nothing about her case fits but it's definitely the same guy yeah as the other woman yeah but as far as they know now all of the cases can be tied together. Sure. We just don't have the evidence yet. Well, I mean. Released to the public. My God. Like, if it was just the one woman, the 26-year-old woman, it would have been like, okay, so he's a rapist. He's a run-of-the-mill right. rapist. Yeah. But it's the fact that it's the same guy, two women. One of them fits the MO and the location of three dead women. One of which was found two days later in the same fucking house. Like, yeah. Like, the fact that this is all happening like this is very... Mm-hmm strange yeah and there's no fucking way this guy didn't do all this stuff oh I my know. if he didn't if he didn't i i can't then he I don't, was he has literally the worst luck yeah right like just the worst house to choose yeah i can't believe oh my god right so it's kind of crazy because this this is an ongoing investigation so we don't know yet yeah but i was like ah, yeah yeah that feels right <laughs> you you brought this up and i'm like yeah, I want to do this one instead of the other one I had planned out. Nice. Yeah, I want to do no. this one. I'm Especially when I found this. Faye's story. I wasn't going to. Oh, yeah. And then she did a full interview, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Okay. Yeah. That's helpful. Absolutely. So Detroit, as a city, mm-hmm. is trying to turn itself around. Yeah. They're trying to bring in some revenue. They done been trying. They, they are now... There was one of the 
because I went to a lot of like local articles because it's not really getting a lot of national coverage. Shocking. Well, with Dinkus McDougal in the White House, I'm not right. surprised. And this is all, I'm sorry, these were all black women? Yes. Also. It's just. And the alleged serial killer is also a black man. Okay. Which A is pretty rare. Doesn't it happen. It really is. I'm actually surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, older black women in about their 50s. Think of and then like the, the most marginalized group of people. That, like, they're like, and, and they might in be sex Detroit, workers. And they like, might be sex workers. Yeah, nobody cares about them. No. So, so the decline of Detroit isn't something that like just happened. No. No. It's been going on since 1950. Yeah, absolutely. There have been factory closings, race riots urban renewal projects that didn't go and didn't do anything segregation oh god yeah massively uh so between 1950 to 1980 they had a catastrophic population loss of over 600,000 people holy shit that's 10 times the amount of people who live in the city we're in right now yeah and they all just left yep it, was that like the plants closing and all of that, or was it was all it's all that stuff you just mentioned all at well, once? Well, because also in Detroit, they with they're trying to do urban renewal. Yeah, black people couldn't get home loans. Some Homestead Act bullshit. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. Great. That was actively happening, so they were locked into these really shitty parts of town. While the white people went out to the suburbs and got these amazing houses with these great deals. Milwaukee. Yeah, I have that in my notes. Like, <laughs> oh, you mean my hometown. <laughs> oh, okay. It's j- Detroit is just Milwaukee, but with the factories closing. Yeah. Like if, if Meanwhile, Milwaukee... like Milwaukee is getting better. Right. They just got an Ikea a couple years ago. Yeah. If they relied entirely on manufacturing the way Detroit did. Oh, they'd yeah. Be they'd a lot more fucked. fucked. Yeah. Absolutely fucked. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of argument between economists. I like read a fucking Forbes article and my mouth went dry. <laughs> and you were like, Ugh. And I was like, am I a trust fund kid? Is there a sweater on my shoulders? I'm just like, I remember why I hated the other issue. Mm-hmm. They said there's three reasons per one of these economic people who writes for Forbes magazine, you know, like they do. Mr. Lefebvre. Detroit apparently has ridiculously high taxes. On top of everything. <laughs> On top of how everything. How can they even, how are there not just revolts? How have they not burned the fucking city exactly. town hall? Why do you think people live in abandoned houses? <laughs> now, they have high taxes. And you would think because they have high taxes, they'd have really good public service. You would fucking think. They don't. Where does all the money go? Where is it going? Is it... Is it going into gentrifying? <laughs> no, they have an issue of police who don't arrive, schools that are growing mold, blighted properties that go decades without being demolished, and waste that is dumped and never cleaned up. And the list goes on. Now. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. The city spends so much of its revenue on non-services. At the time of bankruptcy, half of the city's $18 billion debt was for work-related liabilities, including retiree pensions and health care. 
I mean, all I mean, yeah, you want the people working in your city to have uh, healthcare. Pensions is a dying thing, but like, but this was for people who were no longer living in the city. These uh, were like some of the people who had left the city. It's like, and were no longer contributing back into the city. Yeah. But like, yeah. Also, I mean, you have to be fucking up. Every city provides well, healthcare for their workers. Well, like, how are you fucking this up? Speaking of fucking up, here's the third factor: uh-huh. regulation. Mm. Detroit's quote economic freedom ranking, which is like their regulatory climate and all that kind of shit, sure. is 345th out of the 384 metros in the nation. The city and the state of Michigan has strict occupational licensing laws, and Detroit is known for heavily enforcing them through random stings. Now, while that all sounds nice and good, there's a real big issue with corruption in the government in Detroit. Oh, no fucking shit, are you sure? And clandestine impediments, per Forbes, against business. To name a few examples... When ex-mayor Kwame Kilpatrick's extensive corruption finally got him arrested in 2013, Uh some of the cases were about how he only steered permits and contracts to businesses that would agree to inside dealing. And there was no telling of how often this activity occurred under Kilpatrick and other Detroit officials because they, they can't track it. So they have no idea how much business they lost because they refuse to do inside dealing. Holy shit. That's not the end. Now, you'd think, all right, corrupt government, permits, whatever. They still have a shit ton of land. Yeah. Well, the Detroit Land Bank Authority, which owns 14% of parcels citywide, has a history of hoarding land that investors actually want to purchase and develop. So they kept it undeveloped. Just because? Just because. Because then they own it and what? How does that help? It doesn't. I... So. I'm so confused. You put all of those together. You put it in a blender. You serve it over ice. You got Detroit. You got Detroit. Hey, that's Detroit, baby. <laughs> bad football team on top of it. <laughs> Fuck you, I Lions. I don't like the fucking Lions. I fucking hate the Lions. Ugh. I feel bad for everyone in Detroit, but the Lions. Sucks. What it sounds like is that, yes, there's like a history of issues, but that history of issues has created a, a culture of corruption that is keeping the city from fixing itself. Yeah. Because no one is actually trying to fix it. Yeah. And then you add on top of that... The amount of gang violence they have because they have all of these abandoned properties. Right. And there's no jobs and they're, the there's schools no are shit. jobs like, and the schools are shit. What else and are you going to do? These kids are being taken in by, by gangbangers and are like, hey, just stand on the corner and be a lookout. The only I will people, pay you this much money. Yeah. The only people with money, the only people with any influence are the ones doing that stuff. Like... There's a documentary on Netflix that I watched, unsurprisingly. I'm so shocked. I know. I know. <laughs> that focuses on some of the gangs in Detroit, and they take you through how they're picking the houses and how they change houses every couple of days and where they're putting the stash in the houses to keep it from like being detected by sweeps from the police. Fascinating. And like the system they had specifically for lookouts. It's fucking nuanced. 
Yeah. Complicated shit. Yeah. My God, that's amazing. But also, like, it's their whole lives. It's their lives. Yeah. It's literally their livelihood. Yeah. There's because what else are they gonna do? Society like broke down there so long ago and so many. And times. then it broke again. I remember it breaking horribly. <laughs> like I remember them trying to be bailed out of their debt. Yeah. And we're like the city of Detroit is fucking broke. What? <laughs> yeah, the shit's on fire. Yeah. Sometimes literally. Yeah. So yeah, that was another problem they had of abandoned houses being literally burned Just, to the ground. Yeah. People took care of the problems. They're like, oh, you're not going to demolish this? Bye. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, when you when people don't trust the people above them to do what's right and what they're supposed to do for where you're living and you're paying all this money, like, it's just thing on top of thing that's the type of thing that causes, like, revolution. And they're like, yeah. they're just doing the best they can over there, but society barely exists. I know they're getting better now. That was that's Slow more and steady. And they were talking about, too. like... Segregation is still a very big issue. Yeah. Because, I mean, fucking property taxes have got to be insane then if right. their taxes are already high. That is like a generational problem that it, that gets fixed. Either either you force it to be fixed yeah. immediately or it fixes itself really, really yeah. slow. And one of the economists is like, this. I don't believe this is going to organically fix itself. Mm. It's like, I agree. You're going to have to write some fucking laws. Yeah. So... I assume you're saying that all these issues have led to an environment in which the serial killer could thrive. <laughs> and then we got off top- a topic. <laughs> oh, when did we join NPR? <laughs> oh, is this how they talk? I don't know. Sometimes. I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe what on the BBC News? Yes, it's on the BBC. Oh. Yes, I know. <laughs> but yes, this is definitely how shit like this could create a perfect petri dish for a serial killer. Yeah. It feels right. Like, yeah. There should be more than one, I feel like. Well, and that's the thing. I like I tried to go back to find the Reddit article I'd originally seen cuz I could have sworn a couple months ago I saw a thing pop up that's like, "Is there is there a serial killer in Detroit?" of a couple bodies that were found and like some murders that had happened, but Ooh. These are the three they were able to link together. Sure. Okay. Within the last couple months. But again, they say they're like, we don't know how many mm-hmm. there actually are. Yeah. We don't know. Oh my God. Well, yeah, I was at, again on um, the Murder Squad podcast. They had a, I was listening to a different episode and they had a like expert in on like crime statistics. Mm-hmm. And they were saying like, it's unfortunate and we can't really, really quantify it ever, but serial murder is much more common than we like to think it is. Yeah. Because unfortunately, like, serial rape is really common. Oh, yeah. And those two things are often very, very linked. So, like, they said, like, 13% of all rapes are done by serial rapists. So Mm -hmm. imagine now extrapolating that to murders. (laughs) And how many fucking serial killers that means that there are. And that just well, means people who have had a few victims. It doesn't mean that they're Golden State Killer level. Right. I mean, this is technically five. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a That's lot of people. Still, to it's a kill. lot. But when people think of serial killers, they're thinking like 20, 30. Yeah, it's like, we no, always think of three to five. Shit. Yeah. Usually before mm-hmm. they're caught. Sometimes. Not yeah. always. That still counts. That's three to five that they can charge. Right. Crimes of passion, he said, are down, actually. Hmm. 
which he's like is great, but that means that you know if murders are happening, there there's a higher quantity of them that are premeditated now, which is also horrifying. horrifying. Yeah, yeah, and. There is a, a statistic running around that's like there's like 50 active serial killers. I can't remember if it was either in the U.S. or in the world. Oh, I think way. it was in the U.S. Either way, horrifying. But it's like if you link that in with like serial rapists, mm -hmm. that statistic makes a lot more sense. Sure. Yeah. Because often and then, they escalate from one right. to the other or they include both. Yeah. So lock your doors. Lock your fucking doors, please. That's our that's our one thing this time. We actually have a survival tip for you. We don't you. do a lot of tips anymore. Lock your fucking doors. Lock your doors. Be careful. Uh, do like Faye. Don't yeah. walk alone at night. Don't walk alone at night. Honestly. And if you do have to walk alone at night. Don't be in Detroit. Don't, <laughs> don't be in Detroit. Carry a box cutter. Absolutely. If you're in a state that regulates... Things like little pocket knives and switchblades. Otherwise, maybe carry one of those. If you can. Be ready to pop a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just pop a bitch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You should be a lot like Faye. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should probably be somewhat like Pamela. If you have the choice. If to you're going to hitchhike, make sure it's raining. Sure. <laughs> At least make sure it was worth it. <laughs> But otherwise, I mean, do your best to survive being run over. I don't know. I don't know how you be like Pamela in this situation. It's not a thing. If you have a dream about waking up in a field or an orchard. And some angels help you. And some angels help you when you're bleeding. Maybe watch out what you do for the Do not one. hitchhike. Do not fucking hitchhike. At, at, for sure. Do at not talk very... to strangers. Do not get into a white van. Yes. Do watch not yourself. pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> and most importantly... Don't forget your can of water. Fuck! <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs>